0: to PhD with women On It, Hack the Future. My name is Belta Young, and today's PhD, Positivity Hacks Delivered Guest is Deborah Covillo. Topic, unleashing the power of soft skills, a journey from technical expertise to leadership excellence. Episode 111 starts here. Let me remind you, this is a grassroots community that focuses On women on IT, an inclusive form of women in technology, startups and female leaders who are supported by men as well. And I bring heart to that hustle because empathy is my mojo. And empathy is critical when you're unleashing the power of soft skills and you're having a journey from technical expertise to leadership excellence. In today's tech-driven world, harnessing the power of soft skills can help you unlock your true potential as a leader. Taking control of our careers and seeking support in setting our visions are key lessons to empower both current and future leaders. For this PhD episode, we are happy to be joined by Deborah Coviello, advisor Author, podcast host, and founder of Illumination Partners. Certified as a Lean and Six Sigma Black Belt, Debs programs empower CEOs to identify emerging leaders and harness the power of their people. She's also a dedicated board member of Women in Flavor and Fragrance Commerce. Join us, enjoy this topic, and I hope you got some questions. Feel free to reach out to Woman on IT or Deborah herself. So, Deborah, let's start with a simple question where are you joining us from today?
1: Uh, Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. I live in the US. I live right now in the uh, state of Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, in the great Midwest of the United States. It's summer here. And I am just enjoying um, the opportunity to be able to connect with you on the other side of the world. I love technology and bringing us together today to have this great conversation
0: a reminder to those of uh, our listeners who didn't know about PHD, PHD Positivity Hacks Delivered was launched during the lockdown and the idea was to instead of having physical face-to-face meetings I wanted to boost positivity by inviting also awesome speakers from all over the world. I'm joining from Torun today. It's a bit rainy, but fret not. It's going to be exciting and very sunny topic. So, Deborah, let me just segue to my past. Uh, I was twenty-one. I've been working as a secretary um, in this very well-established company and uh, they were looking for import expert. And my boss said, well, didn't you think about maybe this career as an opportunity to step up the ladder? And I was like, are you sure I'm capable? Now I wouldn't ever say that um, because I know so much better the power of believing in yourself, the power of going and getting that extra mile, getting that next step in the career. So what would be the advice to those ladies who only started and don't have confidence?
1: So thank you so much for that question. And when you said that, I was laughing because so often, uh, and I think you probably talk about that, women seek permission They seek permission to speak. They seek permission to be ready for the next opportunity. And my advice is, if somebody came to you and said, would you be interested in this? Have you given some thought? That person already has some thoughts and confidence in you to potentially do the work that you could learn it along the way. So my advice to ladies out there, and anybody, but ladies, flip your mindset Don't ask for permission if somebody approaches you. Have the mindset and confidence that you will learn it along the way and say yes. Please say yes.
0: Absolutely. And actually, I would advise even if there is a job opportunity, consider it. It's there to grab. The worst that can happen is you hearing no.
1: Yeah, if I could respond to that, again, I talk about this recently in another podcast interview where I was nervous about giving a presentation. I was at the gym with a personal trainer. I was questioning myself. Could I do it? Could I get the outcome? And he helped change my mindset. He said, rather than thinking about the possibility of failure to your point, somebody saying no, what about the possibility you might actually be successful? And they say, yes, I have found if I adopt that that mindset and approach, 75 to 80 percent of the time, I get what I want because I had the confidence to say yes or the confidence to raise my hand. So, ladies, please flip your mindset. You might actually be successful.
0: It's so easy to say, uh, Deborah. So let's nail it down. I think uh, there is uh, some very Uh, powerful things we can do Um, and I'm talking about presence and you we discussed it before we came onto this show and I'm wondering what would be your number one advice how to build your presence as a potential uh, leader
1: So thank you for that question. I will tell you, I was navigating my career 20, 25 years in, and I was a professional. I knew how to deliver a presentation with confidence. And when I asked, what did I need to do to get ahead? They said, well, you need more presence. And there was no playbook on what presence is. So I have figured out a few things along the way. It is two parts. Presence is what people see, what humanity sees. You have to look confident. And I'm not saying you need to totally spend a lot of money on hair, makeup, and a wardrobe, but you have to look confident, but that's only half of presence. The second part of presence is what's in your mind, what you think, and what you say. And if on the inside you are confident, then what you say is confident, and you have the whole package of presence with one more thought. Presence is always showing up the same way every time with what you think, what you believe, what should be. And it takes time for you to think about whenever you start a new job or in your career, what are those things that if you don't live by those, it disrupts. Or what do you think is most important? Look confident, feel and think confident. And when you speak, What are those three to five things that you know to be true? Say them with confidence, and then people will start noticing you. You have arrived at a place of having presence, which is an ever-evolving thing that you can improve. I'm still improving it. How you look, how you think, how you speak, presence.
0: So presence, look confident. So mm, I wanted to ask you something because I struggle with that quite often when I see some ladies um, going that extra mile with hairdos, makeup, and it looks a bit tacky, (laughs) to be honest. So what would be advice? Because I think for me, I like to look at some role models. I like to look uh, at females who have presence I always aspire to have. What would be your advice? Do you have something to add? Anything to add?
1: Yeah, so there is something about presence that I also learned from my image coach. It's about quality and consistency. So like I said, the outward presence, how you look, needs to match on the inside what comes out. Because if there's any inconsistency in how you look, And what you say, people will not trust. So if you're overmade hair, makeup, makeup that is not consistent with when you normally feel comfortable and how you interact with people, but one day you show up, wow, now that's a good thing for weddings and photo shoots. But if you start showing up to the nines and showing an image that maybe is, I don't know, too cute, to this. And again, do what you feel comfortable with. But then if how you look, is not consistent with what you say, there's an inconsistency. So dressing up, yes, for weddings, et cetera, big events, feel beautiful and confident. But also when you show up in your career, you are here to do business and you want people to trust you and what you say and what they hear, not be focusing so much on how you look, but it has to be confident and consistent because ultimately you're conveying messages, not necessarily how you look.
0: Hmm. Well, Deb, I think uh, a lot of startup gurus will uh, disagree with us because I think they are now pushing for the look of a disheveled, slightly disheveled CEO. Um, and you know, I've seen so many meetings or uh, pitching uh, done by some CEOs uh, looking for big, big money from investors um, with T-shirts on. And I'm wondering, is it a good approach or what's your take on that?
1: So I appreciate the question that the gurus might say, look a little scrappy, look a little unkept. I think what we have to do is not take things literally. But what is the intention of looking a little different? What is the intention of standing out and being against the status quo and what everybody is looking like? The intention is to stand out. Again, first impressions on how you look. You want people to notice you to the point that it's respectful and they're curious about you. So when they engage with you and you speak with them, then it supports that being interesting. So I don't advocate for looking disheveled because as a, am going to say it a female. We are trying to portray confidence and first impressions are very critical. Be confident and comfortable in how you look. However, find your own uniqueness now i like nice jewelry i like statement pieces i like a jacket that is a little i don't know risky not your standard suit i chose to stand out by these things that are comfortable for me and make me feel i will use the word beautiful which also helps me to be confident so when the gurus say be disheveled take that and interpret it as stand out And I will give that um, credit to Dory Clark, who wrote the book, Stand Out. There are so many, so many talented people out there. Your job is to be able to be seen, heard, and respected, stand out in a way that you're interesting and relevant and people want to get to know more about you and your ideas.
0: Absolutely, I um, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I just think about the time that I uh, attended a conference, a web summit conference. It's like you know, Southwest, uh, uh, so uh, you know, all these big tech tech, tech tech events with thousands and thousands of people. 14,000 people attended that one, and in order to make sure that I stand out, um, I not only prepared myself with the proper pitch, but also. I uh, made sure that I had a business card that would stick out. Or sometimes, you know, you can give your book. I know Deb, you have uh, an awesome book to present. (laughs) Or, or, you know, whether it's a piece of jewelry, something that will stick in somebody's mind. And I remember so many pitches were overheard because they were just boring corporate talk. Let's go back. Yes, you've got something to add.
1: And again, I would love to enrich what you said. So we talk about maybe that physical appearance to, again, make you feel confident. But it's also your behavior. So if you sit in a corner and just look around the room and only talk with one person, you might not get noticed or only at that quiet person in the corner. We have to muster up enough energy, even if it's not comfortable, to move around and meet people. And to be at point, have that business card, have that thing. So when you close the conversation, and it is a transaction, you've left them with something to remember you by, something to take home. And even if you don't have that business card or that book, something as a follow-up so you're memorable. Again, we talk about standing out. Hopefully we get to that. There are things we can do from your essential skills to be standing out. But being out there, seen as confident, circulating around a room, feeling comfortable in a beautiful outfit, you're going to be noticed. And that's so important.
0: Absolutely. You're going to be noticed. It's so important. However, there is a fine line between being confident, staying confident and being perceived as being arrogant. So what's your take on that, Deb?
1: So (laughs) I wasn't prepared for this question, but oh my gosh, I have a response. So, I mean, confident is what we aspire to because ultimately it's about building relationships with people and we want them to trust. When I think of the word arrogance, there's an element of putting ourselves above what other people think and what is equally important is what comes out of our mouth when we say what we believe or we tell our backstory is the ability to volley and listen to the what other people say consider what they say even if it is a different view seek to understand if you're not sure about their view because ultimately in any exchange that you have with another human when we seek to understand and have equal communication and agreement with somebody, even if your view is different, they will trust you and respect you. Conversely, arrogance is when we fail to listen to other people, when what we have to say is more important than what the other person has to say. And while we are trying to project ourselves as confident and having well thought out talking points, and we know our stuff, you're going to turn the other person off and uh, be able to um, not make a human connection. So you might want to change your approach sometime to maybe listening 60% of the time and speak only 40. When somebody speaks 70 to 80% of the time, they're truly not interested in what the other person has to say. And you can be perceived as arrogant, and we don't want that.
0: Ugh. So the power of agreeing, is there any secret to the power of turning negative outcomes into positive ones? Let me ask for clarification. Yes, for example, so for example, I'm pitching, giving some data and somebody disagrees because for example, from their experience, it's not the
1: way they perceive the facts. This is such a good question. Um, You know, humanity, we're going to disagree. We have different perspectives. The human experience is how we get to some kind of desired outcome. So first of all, let's dig into your confidence. If somebody maybe is not as polished in how they disagree, first of all, don't react. Pause a bit and take it in. Consider what they have to say. If you're not sure you understand or you need to slow things down because maybe inside like, oh, why don't they agree with me? Why don't they behave a certain way? You need to slow things down. You might use some language to say, Oh, I see. Can you tell me more why you see it that way and get people to share? Because if you react to the first moment of disagreement, like, Oh, we already did, we already tried that five years ago. It's not going to work. And they're trying to shut you down. Don't react, say, Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Tell me more. What was tried? What were the conditions? And what did you experience? By asking more questions and understanding, you're going to get more data to say, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know back then they didn't have that kind of equipment. Now I understand why he wants to shut it down. By gathering data, and that is on you, you might say, oh, now I see what you said. But you know what? We got a new piece of equipment. It's got the latest version. Would you be willing to try? And I'd welcome your ideas to see if we could try it. Ultimately, you have to find the gap in what they say and what you believe, and understand it. That's one step forward. And then you might say, well, can we try this? And if they agree, you've moved the conversation one step further. Ask them to help or consult on it. Move the conversation one step forward. Ultimately, what you have done is you have preserved a relationship that started out with a disagreement, but now what you're doing, rather than being like this, you're moving forward together. Mm. Make sure you slow things down a little bit, because in disagreements, when we react versus collect ourselves and then respond, you don't get the desired outcome. You need to be on the high road and get us to move forward, even in the face of a disagreement.
0: Mm. I know the phrase, we actually talked about it in the previous PhD with uh, our guest Karin um, uh, Jakubowski. She talked about uh, a beautiful phrase help me understand, and that's an opening phrase that is an opener to a great conversation because when we ask people for help, they feel they are useful in the conversation and they feel they contribute to the idea rather than just being a passenger.
1: Yeah. I mean, what you say in that is, and this is what I had to learn the hard way as a young engineer. I think I was about 35 years old. I'm dating myself. I was so worried about getting through an agenda in a meeting and I had a lot of senior leaders around me and I got through the agenda, but one of them was kind enough to take me aside and say, Deb, I said, it's not about the agenda. But it's about the conversation. And if we need to yield to the conversation, because there's an important point or decision that needs to be made, favor that, not the agenda. So again, it's really about, even in the face of confrontation, it's about maintaining a relationship and keeping dialogue going. You become the facilitator of great ideas or problem solving. And forget the details. Forget your agenda. Forget where you were trying to go. Preserving relationships is going to get you further versus trying to make your point.
0: Then mm. I think it's vital to talk about the communication um, because we talked about it how important communication is in a females' uh, career, uh, how important it is to ask questions and listen, but also the power of pause. Tell us about how to stop ourselves from jumping into answering and making sure that we have the right mindset
1: pausing (laughs) is sometimes hard for technical leaders because we have been celebrated for so long for having the answers in school we raise our hand first in business We want to be seen, so we want to respond and contribute. We want a purpose. We want to contribute, so we are groomed to react. Now, as you move up in your career, that's no longer going to serve you. Yes, be sharp, be ready. However, sometimes in the face of chaos or a difficult situation, it is better to Pause and not react, but just take things in. As uh, Beta was saying, to ask clarifying questions. When we pause and slow things down, when you then speak, you're going to be able to speak from a place of authority versus just reacting. And then you are seen as a leader. Now, there's so much more in how you say, but slowing things down and pausing and reflecting on what you're hearing, that's what I do. I am regularly pulled into chaotic situations. Data. Email meetings are flying at me, and I could get into that grind and just respond, respond, respond. I have to breathe sometimes because if you want to be a leader and sort through a situation and show people to the other side, taking time five minutes, 10 minutes for yourself, read all the emails, listen to all the input, and then say, What do you see? What do you believe? What is the problem that's happening here? Clarify it for anybody when you pause and then come forward with some profound words, you calm the situation down. You are seen as a leader, and they're going to seek your advice on how to proceed. Pausing, and there's so many else, <laughs> other things about communicating, but that's I want people to really think about that one.
0: Okay. Pausing, breathing, what else is there to unleash and remember about?
1: Uh, especially in the face of just general communicating, because there's a whole chapter on how people and how females communicate may i go a little bit further Excellent. into that yes absolutely <laughs> yeah i want to give everybody the best advice that i have so what i want to say there's a couple things and i learned this from laura Socola. when women speak and, and, and men could too but there can be a tendency when we speak that we up speak so when we give that report that i sent you yesterday didn't you read it i'll send it to you again mm, it could be there When you hear at the end of your sentences, this up tilt tone, it's going to show people you're not confident because you're always putting a question mark after everything you say. When I and your host speak, we're always ending our sentences on a down note. And so for those of us that have an alto voice, it may be easier. But if you have a higher voice, think about being more concise and coming down, Uh, the other thing that I would like you to also think about is speaking slower. Again, we want to get our ID. Speak too fast, and I speak very fast. You're going to miss the message. And the point is when you speak, you're communicating and it has to be received. So remember to slow things down concisely so that you are heard. So pace. Pace is very important. But I'm going to tell you one more thing going back to pausing. Sometimes when we pause and we listen, there are people that tend to talk too much and we wait permission to speak. We need to find techniques to lean in and say, uh, Yep, I got you. You know, I agree. Find ways to professionally interrupt or slow down somebody that has taken the stage and talking too much because we as leaders also shouldn't wait for permission, be respectful, but also know when to interject Mm -hmm. and pull back the control of the conversation to yourself. Powerful words for effective communications. I could go on and on, but think about those few.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I, Think about the upspeak, how really important it is to make sure that your sentences always end on downwards uh, trajectory, rather than,, ah, Deb, it's very nice to see you. So that's just one of the examples I was always talking to my daughter who loves, uh, you know, New York accent, especially young girls who speak um, with this uh, very fine tone, uh, but it's not really sounding professionally. So, pausing, listening, uh, leaning in, and professionally interjecting. So, professionally making sure that we are not obtrusive, what else, what are the phrases you advise apart from I agree with you, well, let me add to you, uh, to to that sentence, what else is there like a secret sauce uh, words (laughs) that help to look professionally and not being obtrusive?
1: So, this weaves together many topics of not being too arrogant but also being confident i have found when in the face of either making a presentation or maybe you're problem solving or something there are words and phrases that um, if you're not confident or you're not aware you will use them and then people just won't listen to you or trust you so for instance i often talk about the unt the n apostrophe T, that negative word that we might use. So you might say, we've never done that. Uh, I can't get to that on time. We shouldn't. Uh, I've never had that experience. And We need to be cognizant of us using words that have a negative uh, connotation to it, because then you could be seen as the person that's the no person or not the problem solver or cannot see possibilities. So I want people just to write down as they're talking or listening to other people say, well, I can't I can't take that new job. (laughs) I've never done that before stop. I'd like you to stop. Now, what I want to do is give you some new tools. (laughs) Some of the things we can say either when we're speaking to people, even if it's, you haven't done it before, Mm, you're not sure. You could say things like, well, I believe, we need, I propose, we need, we should, let's. (laughs) All these positive solution sounding words of affirmation to say, let's move forward. So for example, if somebody tapped you on the shoulder and says, I think you can do that job, if you thought about imports, (laughs) uh, you can say, wow, that's interesting. You may say, it's an interesting area. I hadn't considered that, but I know, I know, I believe based on past experience and starting new roles, I can do that, I can learn. So when you use words like I can, I believe, I know, I will, I should, you exude confidence. inside. maybe you're not sure. But the words we use are really important to portray confidence and move things forward, even in problem solving. If it gets crazy, you might say, I propose we table this conversation, get some more data, bring the meeting to a close so we don't waste people's time. When you use words, strong words like I propose, it's not aggressive. You are providing a solution and a path forward. You need to be seen as that leader using the right language.
0: You need to be seen as a leader using that right language. There are so many components though, Deb, and I am mindful of the fact that you uh, need to leave quite shortly. It's pre-recorded, ladies and gentlemen, so we can't ask uh, questions on the live stream today. However, I hope your most niggling questions will be answered today. So displaying confidence and maybe One of the advice I heard, and what's your take on it, um, recording yourself on a video or on a recorder, just recording the voice, would you think it's a good tool to review yourself?
1: So very interesting. (laughs) because I do a podcast. I listen to myself all the time. I don't just speak all the time. And also there's video. So there's two things I have on that. So again, practice makes perfect. We need to be leaders when it comes to providing our own self-feedback, reflection, seeking to improve, but also I don't propose perfection. Because I will tell you early on in my career when I was, uh, no, early in my own business and putting videos out on LinkedIn, I would be so stiff and I would show up as a professional, I'd have my suit, I'd have my hair made up, and I would say, hello, I am Deb Coviello, I'm a continuous improvement expert, let me talk to you today about X, Y, and Z. They were done well. But then somebody said to me, I said, Deb, loosen up, (laughs) be yourself. People aren't going to trust you because you're too rigid and acting like other people should. So take feedback, learn to just be yourself, but don't seek perfection. Now, if you're trying to improve, yes, absolutely. Look at yourself with a critical eye and think about if I showed up on video like that, Am I connecting with people? Would people trust me? Would people want to pick up the phone and connect with me? You might be saying, um, ah, looking down, not looking at the camera. You need to see if you are actually connecting with that person. Again, I am looking directly at a camera right now, not at my computer screen, because I want to connect with you. Look at how you show up and ask yourself, would you trust that person? Would you want to know them? Similarly with your voice, we've given you some suggestions about don't use up speak. When you speak, speak concisely, not too fast. Listen to yourself and ask yourself, first of all, did you enjoy listening to yourself? And then change it. Try it again. Improve. Ask for feedback from other people because you can't do this alone. Show the video, listen to the audio with somebody and ask them for feedback. What should I continue doing? What do I do really well? What should I start doing that might make it easier or better? Maybe slow down a little bit more. And what should I change? Because maybe I'm fidgeting. I'm not looking at the camera. I'm looking at my watch. I'm hitting my microphone. Get some feedback from other people so that you can improve because ultimately when you're putting yourself out there in audio on video, it's about the connection. Can people trust you? Do people like you do, or at least respect what they you're saying and want to come back for more? Practice. Practice communication in your voice and how you show up can be one of the most powerful tools you have in your toolbox to move your career forward.
0: Practice over perfection. Um, That's definitely something we always talk about on the PhD positivity hacks delivered. Being patient as well with ourselves because, you know, Rome wasn't built in one day. And also, I think it's vitally important to watch your movements how our body reacts. I yes. think the the way we speak with our hands is also very important. And we can see it with politicians when they do the pyramid. And when they look so, you know, so well put together, they have a lot of advisors who did that with them over and over. So be patient, be good to yourself, see the positive side and move into... Um, Practice rather than perfection. So, yeah, you wanted
1: no, to ask, and and I love what you say because I too, first of all, you know, hopefully people are seeing this, and you and I look polished in how we show up. I will tell you, this did not happen overnight. <laughs> this is four and a half years in the making, and now, mind you, I was already a good speaker when I was in corporate, but I knew that I had a gift. I was good, but if it's your strength, if you like showing up, if you like training or teaching people. Boom, go with that particular strength. And I will tell you over time, again, I had to slow down as a podcaster versus being, by the way, I'm originally from the East Coast, the New Jersey, New York area. I can speak very fast. Once I started getting my feedback and then I worked with somebody, a coach, reading books, listening to podcasts, I started learning about, well, what are the things I want to change about how I look? and then rinse and repeat, and then listen to what people are saying. I like how you sound. I love your podcast. I like that presentation you do. Use that as affirmation to say, keep going, because the world wants to hear you speak. They want you to show up, because you have something to say, and you're interesting. So um, I can't tell you enough getting comfortable and confident and evolving how you speak and how you use your expressions, creating your own unique style that's not perfect. And I'm not perfect. I will always trip over my words during a podcast interview. I don't apologize anymore. And that's another point. Don't apologize. Just be yourself. People want to hear and see what you have to say. They're not looking for perfection. They're not looking for you to apologize. Save apologies for things that are really important where maybe you did accidentally hurt somebody, but don't apologize for being you.
0: Don't apologize for being yourself. Everybody else else is taken. And as uh, Deb said, I definitely, um, you know, can always look at my, first episode of PhD and really weep because it was a, such a difficult time. I, I didn't know what I'm doing. My questions were all over, all over the place. Plus also, let's not forget English is not my mother language. So sometimes I'm just missing words or buttering some of the words or surnames like yours, Deborah Covielo. and now I know. What's yeah. the origin of your surname, Deborah?
1: Oh, thank you for asking. So my husband, who I took his name, Coviello, uh, is of uh, Italian origin, though he has uh, he is 50% Irish as well in his heritage. But the interesting thing is I looked up um, Coviello. If you go into further research, um, it's actually like Yaakov, Jacob, Cove, Jacob. Oh which is actually biblical in nature. And so uh, Coviello, Covie Elbe, covi, there are many versions of it, but it actually very far back goes to biblical times or uh, Jacob. But uh, happy to say I've got, uh, my children have Irish uh, ancestry, um, uh, Italian ancestry from my husband, and I've got Austrian and Russia and Czechoslovakia, but I, always, I love origin uh, and, and and that part of our names. It's very interesting
0: well it's beautiful to have such a beautiful mix of um european plus some new york and uh, definitely one thing i have to say um your voice is really putting me at ease. And even though there is some noise in the background with the renovation happening here in the center of Tallinn, the birthplace of Nicolaus Copernicus, that famous astronomer who studied in Italy, I have to say that it's really you know putting me at ease to having this tone of voice that is speaking with authority, uh, but also is you speak very calmly so as we're heading towards the end of the show i know that you have to leave uh, quite early and i won't keep you uh, longer i'll uh, do my uh, outro um, later on so you can leave but i wanted to ask you the three simple words to get a better outcome what are these <laughs>
1: Three simple words to better, get a better outcome. And I think we are talking about feedback. Is that correct? Because I think that's something yes. I feel very... Yeah. So feedback. Feedback is one of your best tools as an up and coming professional. We seek to improve and be you know better at our craft. And we ask our leaders and our bosses for feedback. And sometimes they say, mm, let me get back to you. Mm, you're doing fine. And What can you do with the word fine or you're doing good? You can't do anything with that. And what I feel very strongly about is we have not given people a framework, three simple words to be able to solicit actionable and positive feedback. And so the three words, and I cannot take credit for this. I got this from somebody who actually reported to me. The three words are continue, start, and change. There's nothing negative in that. And sometimes we shy away from feedback because we're expecting negative. Now, what I'm going to say to you before I go into this in a little bit more detail, so often in a corporate world, we do not get feedback until the mid-year review and the end of the year review, and then people are caught off guard. We need to take control of our career and proactively be soliciting feedback from not only our leaders who we report to, but also the stakeholders and the people around us. So what does continue need? Well, I was just given a compliment about my voice. When you ask for what should I continue, explain. It's like, what is my strength and what should I continue to move forward with? It's positive, actual. Deb, your voice is great. Okay, I'm going to continue to put my voice out there. Start is what can you add on to what you're already doing well? Because if it's already a superpower, then let's go with that. Why don't we start doing more? So I knew I had a good voice. I'm going to start doing more podcasts as a vehicle to reach more people like you. It enhances the superpower and it is actionable. And when you ask for feedback, what should you change? Explain to those people that if you don't change a behavior or way, the way you do something, it will detract from what you're already doing well. And so when they say change, like, oh, I didn't realize I'm always talking with my hands and I'm hitting the microphone while I'm talking. Oh. I can change that. I'll I'll put a pen on my desk and I'll keep that microphone far away from me. That's an easy, actionable, positive piece of feedback. So we need to be able to ask, for what should I continue? What should I start doing? And what should I change? Because then you give them the tools to think and give you something actionable that you can further improve. And don't let them get off the the hook with saying you're doing fine or you're doing good or keep doing what you're doing. You need to control your career by those three simple words of feedback. Uh,
0: Feedback is vitally important and you've got a feedback to CEOs. They shouldn't coach employees. Tell you what you mean by that.
1: CEOs shouldn't coach employees. (laughs) What I would say there is... um, a CEO needs to reflect on what is their current behavior and how they act <laughs> because CEOs have to lead the ship. They have to make sure they set the vision, make sure that we have enough work in the pipeline. Um, coaching their employees, if they're really, 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 really good at it, fine. But I often find that, you know, that's not their greatest calling. By them standing up and saying, this is the vision. This is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there. That's the strength they should uh, exude. What I might suggest, though, is if you are, as a CEO, looking to elevate the capability of the people in your organization, don't do it alone because you potentially need a crystal ball. You need somebody to say, are you demonstrating the right behaviors for your people to mirror because they're watching? It might be a good idea if you want to elevate the capability of your people, coach them, mentor them, etc. Consider some outside resources such as myself or our host here because we can guide you. Maybe we can coach you on how better to do it. Or maybe we can provide the tools needed to elevate your people on their essential skills so that they can perform at their best. So that's my thoughts.
0: Absolutely. And uh, speaking about coaching, uh, I know that you've got an exciting book coming. Um, Tell us about
1: that. Oh, thank you so much for asking. You know, after I wrote my first book, The CEO's Compass, Your Guide to Get Back on Track, it was actually written for both the CEO, the C-suite leader and the up and coming C-suite leader. Well, my book coach said, Deb, write it for only one audience. So it is for the C-suite leader. However, I knew my writing wasn't done because I care about helping those C-suite leaders. I'm the drop-in CEO. I help them. But I said to myself, there are so many people trying to learn the secrets to get into the C-suite or get to those levels of responsibility. And there's nobody there to support them. (laughs) You, I, are trying to support them. So I said the second book has to be written. And so I believe the title is going to be The CEO's Apprentice and the reason why I call the CEO's Apprentice is you're trying, you're learning, you're making mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. You're trying to find your way. If, if you know Disney, Disney character, Mickey Mouse, there was a cartoon and it was called The Wizard's Apprentice. And Mickey Mouse was waving his wand all over the place and making a mess of everything. Well, that's okay. Okay. They're an apprentice. They're learning. But I want to be able to share my stories with you, give you the tools to help you ultimately get into a position of respect. If it's the C-suite, the CEO's Apprentice is coming out in 2024.
0: We are looking forward to this one. However, what's your recommendation for number one book you wish you read it or you advise everybody to read (sighs)
1: Oh, there are so many books. And behind me, we can't see it. It's up there somewhere on the shelf behind me. And actually, I read it later in my career when I started my own business by Dory Clark, Standout. And I think it talks a lot about what we spoke about today is how can we have presence? How can we dress and show up not in that dirty, scruffy shirt. But how can we show up both on the outside and in our mind and what we say to stand out without arrogance, but with confidence? That book, Stand Out, was what I needed when I started my own business to say, I'm not going to be a business consultant. I'm not going to be advisor or fractional CEO. I'm going to be the drop-in CEO. And ooh, that is different. Stand out. Be your authentic self. I know you hear about that, but oh my, that's going to get you out so so The standout by Dory Clark.
0: And the life lesson quote, how did it change it or why is it important to you?
1: My favorite life lesson quote, you know, I don't, there's a couple of them. I know my mother said one thing to me, uh, make you the world a bit more better and beautiful because you are in it. We are here only for a short amount of time to make an impression on humanity or maybe just our family. Make the best use of your time. The other quote is my quote, and I have my own quotes in my book, but one of them is clarity amidst chaos cuts through the noise. And so that speaks to slowing down, not reacting, responding, asking clarifications, get through the the chaos, because we as leaders, if we're trying to ascend... There's always going to be chaos. There's always going to be crisis. But if we show calm in our voice and how we speak and ask, we ask, how we ask questions, we gain clarity amidst the chaos and cut through the noise and come out on the end and be the leader that other people need you to be. So clarity amidst chaos cuts through the noise.
0: So that's a great question. Now to segue to the question um we like to talk about and um, uh, it's actually a quotation um by eleanor roosevelt who said women are like teabags we don't know our true strength until we are in hot water so in life how are you in hot water though how are you brewing
1: <laughs> so this is funny <laughs> it's funny i have a client right now we have really, really hot water right now. (laughs) And the person I serve is, ah, (laughs) it's a crisis. And so what I do is like I breathe (laughs) and I go in and I have each meeting and I respond to each mail very fast. And I give people direction after I listen to them. And by the end of the day, I'm exhausted, but everybody says, Debbie, you're so calm. And I said, that's my role. I need to show calm, in the chaos because ultimately as a leader, I have to help other people do their jobs to get through the crisis so we can go home and sleep at night. And I had a heck of a day yesterday, but I will tell you, I approached it with calm. I took every bit of my energy to keep the energy inside so I could think and guide the people. So I respond very well to crisis. I am wired that way based on my my career experience and my charter, my job, my mission is to help others get out of the crisis and then stay out of the crisis so we don't have to do that again. So I approach crisis with calm, it served me well.
0: Approach crisis with calm, that is like peppermint tea, Uh, it's definitely uh, cooling down uh, our nerves. So can you tell us, imagine that you can travel anywhere in the world and have private breakfast face to face uh, with anybody in the world, who would you choose? where
1: would you go to so i really love this question and i will tell you i answer a little bit differently there is no famous person but i defer to the people that are most important to me and i will tell you i was with two of my three children in florence italy this last (laughs) last year and just being with my family my husband my eldest son, Danny, 31, my middle son, David, he's 27, my daughter, 21. And being in a beautiful place, many different places, but I often like places in Europe where they have beautiful places where they slow down a little bit, sit outside with a good coffee, a good dessert, and just taking time and just being with each other. Cause we are building memories as a family unit. So I would always, always choose my family over any famous person because they're the heart of who I am and what keeps me strong and steady.
0: Deb, Deb Covielo, the peppermint of the leadership, uh, was our guest today. Let me just add a final quotation. Leadership is not about being in charge. It is about taking care of those in your charge, Mary Kay Ash. Thank you, Deb. It's been a pleasure to have you as a guest and good luck with that book. Hopefully we'll hear from you next year when it's launched. And that's it from episode 111 of the PHD live stream, thanks to our guest, Deborah Covielo. To stay updated and ensure you never miss a positivity hack delivered, follow Woman on IT and turn on notifications to be alerted once a video has been released. Next week's PHD, we're going to have Darin Kaburowska and she's going to talk to us about how to become a digital. No Mark, nomad and work online from anywhere. Thank you so much to our lovely audience and supporters and our beautiful guest. As always, our positivity quote comes from positive thinking only and goes, look for something positive in each day, even if some days you have to look a little bit harder. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Today is your future. Hug the positivity you want. Thank you.